Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shall we begin? This is Brianna Stewart, and listening to Dishin' and Switching. Hi, everybody. It's David Siegel welcoming you to another Dishin' and Switching podcast. And it is a pleasure to welcome back to the podcast somebody who has been a guest as a player, has been a guest as a broadcaster, and is now a guest as the head coach of the New York Liberty. Welcome back, Katie Smith. It's great to talk to you again. How are you? <laughs> I'm great, David. You know, does this mean that, you know, you've been around too much and been around too long, or does this mean that you just keep uh, getting better? Uh, I think the I think it is a long. I've been around a long time, but I do hope I'm getting better um, and will get better um, as we go down this new journey. Well, congratulations on the new gig. It's great to see uh, somebody with your background and skills get an opportunity to share that with the team as a head coach. Uh, I know you put in the time, so congratulations on that, first of all. I appreciate it. Now let's talk about what's different. So so you've talked to Bill and you've watched Bill over the years, and, of course, you've also had some other tremendous coaches like Brian Agler and all. So so what what's the first thing, other than moving into a new office? <laughs> well, you know, for me, you know, moving up within a team that I have familiarity with has um, – been with is I think some of the I guess work isn't as challenging or just trying to get to know your players Um, you know I have a good rapport with them I know them very well I know you know basketball wise and people wise Um, so that part of it probably is a little easier than somebody taking over a brand new team with a new organization so you know I know all the inner workings and the business side and and all of that so that part probably takes a little bit of a load off of of me Um, but you just, I think you start to look at your team and uh, and, you, and you start to look at strengths, weaknesses, where we can get better. Um, last year, what what things could we tweak uh, to make ourselves more uh, efficient on offense, better rebounders, those type of things. And then, you know, start trying to plan how you want to implement it, what do you want to really focus on, what do you want to harp on, um, and really be kind of your controllables or what you want to be known for and then trying to, figure out how to execute that in a in a practice plan and, and through your words and, and expectations and all that. First thing you did was call him up and tell him, you've had it easy under Lambeer, didn't you? Ah, yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was it was nice to touch base. And as I said, it's, it's, it's nice. I, I, I've really enjoyed getting to know these ladies, you know, over the years and then, you know, a couple of them just for the past year. But, um, you know, I, I enjoy you know getting to know our players and all players as not only as athletes and, and basketball players because that's what they do but also because you know what they have going on in their lives you know really trying to um understand there's way more to them uh than what they are on the basketball court well, let's talk about that for a second because one of the things that 
you know, always has, you know, been important in my eyes is this franchise in general as being a leader on and off the court because, you know, it's Madison Square Garden, it's New York City, you know, this is, you know, the mecca of basketball and, you know, New York has to be at the forefront. And this team has done that, not only on the court, but off the court, winning the uh, Community Assist Year-Long Award. So talk for a second about how important it is to you as a head coach now for your team to be out and about in the community and, and also realizing the significance of playing in New York. How do you express that to them? Yeah, I think, you know, they really do embrace, you know, New York. I think they – it is a mecca. It, it's, you know, it's where the league offices are. It's, they love their sports teams. It's, there's a lot of energy. Our fans are passionate. Um, you know, they're invested in what we do, and, and they and they feel it. Um, and they and they respect when you put your your heart out there. You know, yes, we're not going to win every game, but they they really do appreciate when we're out there fighting, playing together, and, and doing what we can. Um, on the other side, it's from the front office, from you know when Kristen Burnett was in charge to now Kia Clark and Isaiah, now with Swin also on that side. It's it's really connecting not only with the community but connecting the players with what they. They're passionate about and facilitating and with that they can connect with that in the community, right? So you're just not doing some community service. You're doing community service that matters to you, that you have a personal connection to, or you feel passionately about. So it just really speaks to, you know, our, our front office and, and what they do in trying to, to really make an impact um, both on and off the court. And I think it, as the players feel that and they really appreciate that and they uh, – feel like they're they're getting something also out of it um which is you know that connection and giving back well now let's talk about being on the court now this is uh two consecutive years that the liberty has finished in the top uh of the regular standings only to get knocked off in in the earlier rounds and not making it as far as they want to while we watch minnesota and la take care of everybody else uh, so, you know, the next step, like you said, is trying to get to the next level. But, you know, you look at team, these super teams, so to speak, with all of these all-stars in Minnesota and L.A., and, and what does a team have to do to try and break through that? Uh, you know, you, your team, Connecticut, always seem to be, you know, the, the Liberty are always there at the next rung trying to break through. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, obviously for, for us, we'll, we'll evaluate and try to steal something in, in free agency or see if there's a trade out there that that would, could make our team better, right? I mean, I think that's what everybody d- does during the, the off season is just try to figure out what pieces could possibly get us over that hump. Um, you know, obviously we've had success, but we haven't had that, that run or gotten to the semis, which we, we feel like we're capable of. And then on the other end, it's, I think not only is Minnesota and L.A., they have talent. They have a ton of talent. <laughs> and, but they're also the most consistent teams um, on both ends, right? They're, they're the ones that, that are attention to detail, probably the most disciplined, uh, probably play well together, you know. Uh, but just the, most, the consistency as which they do it, game in, game out, um, that's, that's what separates them even more. Not only, you know, obviously there's some talent, but even that other consistency part, I think, is what really takes them and obviously has put them where um, they are right now, which is uh, they're the two top teams in the league. And um, that's what we want to be at. We want to, you know, every possession, every game, you know, go about business and not have any 
you know, highs and lows and fall, you know, dips. Um, we want to really just kind of be about our business and really hone in on doing the things we can control every night, doing those, and then, um, you know, hopefully shoot the ball well and, and those types of things. But um, there are controllables that we can we can do every night. You know, a number of your players are young. You know, Stokes only a couple of years in, Rogers, Hartley, you know, Boyd before she got hurt, Allen then. Uh, isn't that inconsistency something that just kind of goes with the turf with a young team like that? I don't really think so. <laughs> so I, I really think it's a mindset. I think it's, um, you know, us holding them accountable. I think it's them holding each other accountable. Um, it's, it's discipline. It's, 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 it's taking what you hear, what you see, and then doing it, and then, you know, trying to, to do that every single time. So I think it's, it's, it's a group effort. I think it's both, you know, the individual really, you know, concentration, um, and, and kind of, Sometimes the instincts of, of players uh, take over, you know, where you get on the floor and then the lights come on and the pace, and then you start just flying all over the place without necessarily thinking of the, the scheme or, the, like, the big picture. Um, and that's what we got, you know, I think us as coaches have to, to do that every day in practice and hold them kind of accountable to that. And then ultimately them holding each other will be the, the biggest thing. I think that's the the strongest thing is when they – work together and critique each other in, in a positive way of like hey you got to box out next time like or next time you got to be there and help you know you got to you got to get there for me right I, I mean I'll do better or you know I'll get them one-on-one but you got to be there so I think that's even the stronger piece um, for successful teams is when they're out there really working with themselves and, and taking care of that I know so now we have a new team in Vegas the ex San Antonio team so First question is, I hope you like Vegas. Uh, you're looking forward to going out there and uh, and playing uh, in that environment? I am. I, you know, I'm looking forward to see what happens. You know, excited about, you know, MGM coming on board. Obviously, it's a huge organization and, and business that is trying to, you know, it's going to bring something, another team to Vegas. So I'm I'm pumped that, of this opportunity for the women's game. Uh, I do like Vegas um, a few nights. I'm good. You know, I'm not a I'm not a, a lifer. Want to move there? I I get a little bored. I don't like losing money. Um, so I'll, I'll take a show in, but hopefully win a ball game, and then we'll get out of there. I'll be I'll be okay with that. Well, you know, hopefully you've been contributing in Connecticut then. You know, so <laughs> I, I pick and choose my spot. <laughs> You know, one of the things that Connecticut was able to do using the casino in the background, of course, was bring in people that were, the, you know, the rollers and giving away tickets with that. But the thing is, when Connecticut came in, they had Nikisha Sales, they had Taj, they had Katie Douglas. San Antonio's got these younger players that haven't done the things that those are. I'm hopeful that that type of, that they still can follow that kind of blueprint and do something, but I'm wondering about a team that hasn't had the success, whether, you know, the fans will come out for that like they did in Connecticut. Yeah, agreed. You know, you look at it and you're like, yeah, okay, so it's the model that Connecticut has. Also, Vegas is not a, a woman's basketball hotbed like Connecticut is. I mean, when you look at those, the fans that are there in Connecticut, I mean, they follow the Huskies. They follow their players in the W. They, they're – they're kind of lifers when it comes to women's basketball, right? They really so so Vegas is is a little different in that sense because I don't know what the basketball community is there. 
hopefully you will be able to get the fringe um, supporters, whether it's with FanDuel, I know it's something that, you know, the league has gotten involved with or that, and which is great because then you bring it to a different market and different um, group of people. But, um, yeah, it'll be, it is different. It's similar to Connecticut, but it is very different in the sense of uh, the women's basketball community that's in Vegas. Um, it's not necessarily – people probably will travel there, but I don't know what the native kind of – like what they feel about women's basketball um, there in, in Las Vegas. Yep. Minnesota and L.A. has become quite the rivalry. L.A. and Phoenix is also. Uh, how important is it for a team like New York and, you know, either Washington or Connecticut to to get that kind of rivalry going, to, you know, bring in that kind of intensity and fan enthusiasm? I, I like it, you know, and, I, you know, I've obviously been under Bill for, for a long time, both playing coaching and he, you know, people love to hate him, and it's amazing. It's the energy in the crowd, the the fans, the, you know, the the players. It's just here comes Bill and his, you know, his ladies, you know, and it's just, um, it was fun. It was fun to have those that feeling, that energy in, in, in an arena when you walked in um, and knew you were going to be in for a battle. So, I think they're huge. Um, I hope we can create more of them, whether it's matchups on the floor. Whether it's coaches, um, it's always nice to have everybody liking each other all the time. Probably isn't always a good thing uh, to sell things. Um, Absolutely, it's nice when sometimes it's nice when people don't like each other um, and are, there's a villain role per se. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that uh, we can be that for somebody um, in that rivalry. Um, you know, I hope we have those battles with somebody because that just means there's great basketball great competition and uh people love that yeah the connecticut and detroit rivalries when bill would come in with with yeah. with rick walking behind him booing <laughs> to, to incite the crowd were yeah, some of my was. fond memories uh-huh. <laughs> uh another thing i just want to ask you about uh usa basketball you are the player representative for the senior national team uh-huh. and uh they're, they just had camp, and there was you know a whole influx of new young players there, and only a couple Olympians. When is it time, and how do you decide to change the guard over? What do you do about the veterans that want to keep playing versus the players that want an opportunity? And now that there are so many people being able to get nationalized, like a Vandersloot, for example, or a Quigley, mm-hmm. You know that we miss out on in USA basketball, miss that opportunity. What do you do? How do you how do you judge? You know, juggle that type of mix to get the old and young in there. Talk it out. <laughs> you really um, see where those players are. Obviously, um, you know the veteran players. Are they really physically able to to, to really perform um, at the level you need? Um, sometimes it's nice to have some of the leadership. Uh, the leadership that the older players bring and then bring on some young folks to, to be under them during a tournament, during a competition to, to kind of learn the ropes. Um, and, you know, cause I, I can only go off of what I felt and how I sure. learned, uh, during my USA basketball times is, you know, I was a baby and, and followed the lead of Don and Jen Azy and, and those guys and watched how they did business and how they, it was selfless. It was all about a gold medal. Um, 
and it was about putting, you know, forward the max effort um, and being a great teammate. And, uh, you know, just from seeing it, them doing it, and that brings you and then you obviously instill it into the next generation. So I just think it's a, it's something that we're the committee, we, we talk about it. We figure out, like, who's the up and coming, who do we need to lead the, the next group, because obviously we are aware that some people will be moving on and, and retiring and being done with their careers in the, in the near future. But um, it, also, if they're the, your most talented still, <laughs> it's very hard to they say, no, you can't do it, even though you're better than the, the, the newcomers. <laughs> so it's a, it's a fine line of, of kind of balancing that. But I also, it's the training camp was, um, I wish there were more Olympians, past Olympians there. Um, those that could have been there, it would have been nice for them to, to have been there. Um, you know, I don't know, injuries, things like that, everything plays a role, but it would have been nice to have more Olympians, past Olympians there with the younger kids that were there. Um, but it was nice to have some of the college kids and some of the other um, younger players, you know, kind of experience that and, and get that vibe and play together and get get under that you know, the USA basketball roof a little bit um, and see what happens. You know, the other thing that goes along with that, of course, is, you know, you've got the U23 team now that's starting to bring it, you know, you've found a bridge between college and pros. So, it, it, you know, the world championships is next. Do you, in, in your opinion, uh, just you personally, not talking about um, being on the committee or anything, do you treat the world championships the same as the U.S., as the Olympics? I know that most of the world thinks the world championships are more important, but in the States, they don't seem to. Yeah, in, in general, from the outside, you're, you're right. I think the Olympics just carries the most cachet. Um, you know, sometimes players, I don't think, look at the world championships as important. I think it's just like, oh, I want to be an Olympian. Um, but, yeah, I think there is a little bit of a, um, the, the aesthetics of it. You know what I mean? Just look a little different for the Olympics. It just has a little bit more of a, a spark to it. Uh, although the World Championships is uh, <laughs> that's where you you earn the right to then compete in the Olympics again, unless you're the host con- country, and it's all basketball. You have more countries represented, and it's you know it's just like the World Cup basically. You know it's the, the World Championship, so it is it's a huge um, event. But again, the um, perception is just a little bit different than say the Olympics, even though it's um, one of the top, I mean, it's the top competition uh, in the world. Well, Katie, I know that uh, you've got a lot going on. You're going to get out and start doing some viewing of seniors, I'm sure, as soon as the college basketball season starts. Now, are you still going to be able to do broadcasting? Hope so. You know, hope, um, as long as it doesn't interfere crazy with uh, any, you know, obligations. But, no, I'd, I'd love to, to get out and call games and hopefully keep getting better in that, that area, too. Uh, it can only, can only help on the other side, too. So I'd love to be out on the road a little bit uh, calling some games. Well, it's great to have you as a head coach. Congratulations again. Uh, it's always good to see good things happen to people that put in the hard work, too. So congratulations. Thank you, dude. Enjoy, and we'll talk again soon. You got it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.